I am Jim Carlson and live from our virtual studios around the world. This is Gallup's Call to Coach recorded on April 28th, 2020. Call the Coach is a resource for those who want to help others discover and use their strengths. We have Gallup experts and independent strengths coaches share tactics, insights, and strategies to help maximize the talent of individuals, teams, and organizations around the world. Today's episode is a BP10 special edition. If you're listening live, love to have you join us in our chat room. If you're on our live page, there's a link to the YouTube instance right above me there. Click on that, uh, head over to the YouTube instance. There's a chat room either to the right or below the video window that's there. There's also three little buttons upper right-hand corner. Choose that and choose pop out and that'll put your chat anywhere. Make sure you're choosing live chat as well. And we'd love to have you in the chat room. If you have questions after the fact, send us an email or you want to reach Todd, send us an email coaching at gallop.com. Don't forget if you're on YouTube, subscribe. There's a subscription button down in the bottom corner just to get notified whenever we go live. And we like that little like button that's down there too. If you click that, that helps us get uh, that helps us get a little juice on YouTube. And we appreciate you doing that as well. Todd Johnson is our host today. Todd Scallop's channel leader for entrepreneurship and job creation. And Todd, always great to see you and welcome I back know. to Call to Coach. To see you. I'm going to do my little editorial for those that have and I've been connecting with coaches like crazy the last couple of weeks. I don't social distance. I physical distance. And I have been socially connected uh, to friends and family around the world, like in nobody's business. And I do feel physical distancing is important, but I do not uh, condone the term social distancing. That's my little PSA. God, is this an important call and topic? I mean, we're rebuilding communities, companies, teams, and let's build them stronger and better uh, than before. Um, the energy around garnering and gathering up your talents and the talents of your team. We've, some of you have seen the Gallup models and correlating to you know, an engaged environment with a strong manager equals resilience. <laughs> And resilience equals survival and growth in many cases. So uh, you'll start to see graphics. And, and obviously, I think a lot of you are following our research on resiliency and engagement and strengths. But boy, is it important. Uh, I, I could go on and on, and I'm not going to, uh, with the different opportunities that coaches are, are developing in their communities, with their small businesses, with their entrepreneurs. Um, we're going to have to rebuild this place. And I, when I say place, I mean world. And uh, let's do it right, and let's get the right teams in place. Uh, this, I can you, do. I point. Is he that way or this way? Uh, that the the second way. Yeah. Same. Okay. This guy over here was one of the very first uh, coaches back when we were named. I can't even remember, but not BP Ten, something else. He's been uh, a, a great partner. He's a very very good friend. Uh, he's even hosted my son and I for college visits in Oklahoma. I mean, our friendship spans the, the, the spectrum and, and something, and I'm not going to embarrass you, but something that I really think is noble is all the coaching and help you've given, uh, newer, newly minted and, and coaches that are just getting started. There's just never been a time where I said, Hey, Jeff, can you help out X, Y, or Z? And you just do it. And there, the nobility in that is pretty awesome. 
Um, I've never heard you squeak or squawk. Maybe you do, and I just don't know it. But evidenced by this call, this guy is a pro. This guy is doing incredible things with the Clifton strengths and the BP-10 together. We're going to talk about that. But I've been really excited about this call. Um, and with that, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. If we're, What's my new expression? If we're on the elevator and you got nine floors, uh, introduce us to Jeff. He'll do a better job than I could. <laughs> no, I nine that. floor. Here we go. Push the button. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Jeff Liscombe. I'm a, I'm a BP-10 and strengths coach here in Oklahoma City. And I work with business teams to help them really identify their builder talents for their teams and leadership so they can better utilize not only their, their strengths in business, but actually how to utilize their talent for uh, building and developing their, their business structure. Uh, we tend to find th that team leadership needs uh, to know their people, their talents of their team. So we walk in, walk in and help them see who their talent, how their talents are structured, how they use their talent, and then how to, to better, better utilize that talent in the growth of their companies. So, um, business owners and, and leaders uh, just want to know that that they have the right people around them so we help them identify that as uh, fast quick and in a hurry and then from that point uh help them uh, put the right team members around them to have the best success the teams that have diversity and we're going to present research because many of you have been involved you know that we've intuitively always known that you know if you want to let's use a sporting analogy because i think you're Pretty good at those, and we'll we'll see if I can land. I've got one, a few. I've got a whole a few. team full of quarterbacks without a, somebody up front blocking, or a whole <laughs> team of pitchers without a first baseman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It makes perfect sense. But but doing it, talk a little bit about the diversity of the three roles, and, yes. and somehow work the word nunchucks in there because I heard you say that one time, and it, it kind of blew my brain. And I'm I want to I'm going to take notes so I can get it right. But what do nunchucks have to do with any of this? Well, so Gallup has had, had the Clifton Strengths for years now, and there are a lot of coaches that have been using Clifton Strengths in organizations for a number of years. Um, but Gallup developed this, this latest assessment, which is the Builder Profile, and I've just, I've just described it as this is the way Gallup has developed a nunchuck. It, 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 it's a self-defense. It's a tool that you can use, but for a lot of coaches that have either taken the assessment, uh, try to implement it within the organization. They just haven't known how to use it. Um, hmm. So what what uh, we did here is uh, me and two other fellow coaches, uh, uh, Amy Lee and Patty Wilton, we actually worked on how do we incorporate this into our coaching with Clifton Strengths. So what we did is we discovered, wow, this is an amazing tool that gives us so much insight into how people uh, approach business hmm. and not just um, uh, as leadership, but how do you think around business? How do you approach what you're doing? Where does your mind go when you walk on, if we say the courts? How do you use your mind uh, operate when you're walking to the court of business? You may be a certain person out on the street. Uh, I say kind of like some, some BBC players that may be mild and meek person, like a big puppy dog. But when they get out there on the field, they turn almost like a raging, like, like, mm -hmm. like, like a assassin kind of, if you want to say, out on the field of play and then they turn back in, in, into like like a big Labrador, you know, as a human being, but on the court, they're like a whole different person. Well, this tells us that kind of thing about people in business. And when we found out how to incorporate that along with Clifton strengths and how they really interlock with each other, uh, it just totally changed how we see people. And you're asking about the roles. Well, the roles were the first keys that we un unlocked about it that, that showed us how people actually think in business.
And because you have the three roles, you have a rainmaker, you have a conductor and expert, but we really found out that those three roles actually approach questions in business in a different light. Hmm. So that was something that was so unique and really interesting. As we started talking to more and more people and started describing it back to them, they were like really in awe of the fact that we could actually like peer into who they were as a person and as, and as a business owner, a leader and see how they approach their business and where they were using that ability to, ability to be successful. But at the same time, it was maybe hindering them on another area of their business because they weren't thinking about those other two roles. And as Gallup developed this tool, it was about how to build the right kind of teams to make a business work and operate. Well, these three roles were the other two roles that needed to be around you to help you really solidify your business. And, and Gallup actually came up with this tool that actually identified that in successful business leaders that really has never been seen until now to actually say, oh, I know why this person is a great business uh, builder because they are maybe a rainmaker or really a conductor who has a rainmaker on the side of them and an expert. And then you can actually see them operate in, in their natural, I said, because in their natural environment, like you said, as, as who's the pitcher, who's the second baseman, and who's the first baseman. Like you actually get to see it real time through this tool. I can't remember when, but you talked to me once about a pitcher and they're Clifton strengths and a fastball. And <laughs> yeah. um, um, get, take me through that again. It was a really cool, interesting. We're yeah. all missing baseball, so get us, <laughs> get us, get us a little baseball fix. Yeah, yeah. So, so when I talk, when I talk about the, the build a profile in, in in a sports analogy of baseball, I, I say Clifton strengths and build a profile. How do they work together? Because coaches will always ask me, well, how do you use this together? Yeah. I said, well, think about a pitcher. Okay, the builder profile tells us. Are you a second baseman, shortstop, or a pitcher? Well, we've landed on you're a pitcher. Okay, well, I now that I know you're a pitcher through the through the builder profile, I, I want to know how you pitch. Mm. Well, that's what the strengths tell me now. So depending on your strengths as a pitcher, I now know do you throw a curveball or are you a fastball pitcher? Are you a knuckleball pitcher? That tells me what kind of pitcher you are, not just that you are a pitcher, but the kind of pitcher you are. And now I can put those two things together and now I can really hone in on how to develop your strengths in that role that you're best suited for, which yeah. if we say here is a pitcher is how to be the best pitcher you can be. I love it. I love it. Which do you do first? You go into a client for the first time. What's take us? What's the development journey look like? <laughs> so I don't think you take them both at the same time, do you? Actually, 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 take they they take them both at the same time, but we don't dive into them at the same time. Okay, okay. okay. So I I, I personally want to see the the thirty four and their BP ten side by side because that okay. lets me know immediately. My first conversation, the first conversation we will have, will be to they're gonna. People will coach uh, questions a lot of times the coaching coaches and and their their coaching or can I trust you? Do they know what you're talking about? This automatically gain credibility, right? This is a this gains more credibility than any coach could ever have. Um, because what happens is I when I see BP ten and strengths, I start with the BP ten because I lead in with that to help them understand what they're doing intuitively right now in business. They want to do more of and better of. Mm -hmm. The thing that maybe they're, we, I'll just call it their deficiency talents are the ones that they need to find a team to place around them. Yeah. So when I talk to initially about how well they're doing their top talents really well, how is an intuition, it just comes to them without even thinking, right? Like you've seen like those videos on the YouTube where a guy just puts his hands up and catches a ball, like mm -hmm. without even looking at it. Like that's an intuition. It's a talent. You can't, 
he can improve it, but you can't teach that to everybody. I mean, some people get hit upside the head. Let's be honest about yeah. it. <laughs> but some people can just do that. Well, that's that's an intuition that person has. So we speak to that in their business arena, how they do it in business. But then that they they then go, wow, how did you know that about me? Because I never said that to you. You're right, you didn't. But this tells me this about yeah, you. Yeah, right. And then who do you have around you to fill in these other voids? Because those voids are actually where they're actually stuck at in their business. If they are doing it alone and they don't have somebody filling in that void or they just keep plucking somebody into that spot and it's not working out or they have put somebody and it works out, I tell them why it works out. And then they go, oh, wow, that makes sense. So now we move into what, what happens with this assessment is we look at who's your board of directors, your board of advisors. I was going there. Yeah, That's exactly where we go. So when I introduce that to them, we're looking at who to put around you first. Then we'll look at the strengths they have and how you do a cohesion through communication and workability with each other. Nice. This is where strengths comes into play and how they communicate that, right? Like you can put a great picture here, but how does he communicate to the second baseman or the first mm -hmm. baseman, like where they want him to be and how? Well, you have to build communication and trust. Well, that comes through under understanding each other's strengths and what you need when you're working together because your strengths have a need internally to be fulfilled because you're trying to both, all three of you on the team are trying to win. Right. You're contributing in who you are, A, because of your talent, but through your strengths to communicate, hey, I need certain things as a shortstop or as a pitcher or you know, as a manager or as a salesperson or as a CEO, I have certain needs in my role. Okay, let me communicate that. And that's how we, we work with the strengths. So we definitely start with a BP10 and then bring in how to use your strengths and how you're using your strengths how, within yeah, yeah. that talent. Because the, how, how the you what? use it, absolutely. Yeah. Because how you have to understand that. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight that board of directors. I somebody was telling me the other day, uh, and I've talked about it on previous shows, but it's it's that important. We're all CEOs of our own life, mm -hmm. and we all should have a board of directors. People hear the term board of director and they think, you know, general motors <laughs> or right. you know, but we're all building a, a, a life, a journey or a small business. And I get concerned when I see these small businesses only thinking about other employees. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got backyard neighbors or, you know, school kids, parents, friends. I mean, the, the board of directors can be all over the place. But the key is that it's intentional. That's such an important word in all mm -hmm. this intentional and systematic. Mm -hmm. uh, do you use the PDF that we put up on the website or you probably adapted your own, didn't you? I use that one. I use that one along with another one we developed. But cool. the, the thing we use is and when I had that conversation with somebody about their board of directors, I, I focus in on saying you Inc. So it's Todd Inc. Okay. okay. If you were a, if you were on the board of directors for Todd Inc. And I did this with, with a couple people and, and, it, and when they think about a board of directors and they're just contributing, especially in, in, in uh, we say a, a, a mom and pop company, they yeah. think of I'm the CEO, I am the board and they can't see themselves outside of the, the day to day job. Yeah, say, right. Okay, let's set that aside. You're just at the board of directors meeting, no employees, it's just the board. And when they, when their mind, when I say that to them, the mind goes, Oh, <laughs> I'm not Bob, the, the employee, I'm Bob, the CEO. How would you talk to Bob, the employee? Well, I would need to have this, this, and this, this, and this going on because I, I haven't had that happening or I had questions. Okay, great. Who do you know that could fulfill that information for you or help you ask a question in that area 
that you don't tend to maybe ask questions as well or as intuitively as you do what you've been doing really well. And, and that's a distinction that, that when they understand that, and I say ask the question, that is something that is extremely important to the success and failure of all businesses. Wow. Because here's what happens is every business success and failure is predicated on the questions they ask and yeah, the right. answers they come up with through those questions. Every business. And they, and do they listen fail. <laughs> well, asking think, a good question is only half the battle. See, listen to the answer. The, what happens though is they ask the question predicated on their talent for the mm. answering of the question. I got you. So if we say that in, in and we say, I kind of say layman's term, if you are not maybe good at pitching and you thought throwing a curveball was a good idea or, or better yet opening, let's say a business, we're talking business. If you had the idea of opening a restaurant on a certain corner, uh, and serving a certain meal and hiring certain employees, those are all questions that you decided to ask and answer. Now, all of those are pertinent to the success and failure of that business. Yeah. So you have to be good at identifying the street corner, the, the food, uh, the employee, and what prices you're going to put it at. Those are all questions that you ask. And the, maybe you're good at the food, but at making it, but maybe you're not good at the hiring piece of it. Well, that will sink your business. Yeah, right. Or picking the corner. That was how, how about this thing called a customer too? That's all of those things, right? Thing. All those every pieces of that work have to work in alignment. And the better you are at, at identifying those things well, and if you don't have that ability personally, then we go back to building your your board of advisors. Who do you know that is has an intuition around those other areas that you struggle with? Because when you look at business owners they spend all their time on the areas that they struggle with. Because when you do something intuitively, you don't think about say a process. If you're somebody yeah. who knows how to pitch an idea, yeah, the process just is the thing that hangs you up. But if you know how to pitch the idea or get people on board with it, you see people that say, I know how to get people engaged in this thing, but I don't really care about how to get it to them. Hmm. Well, that's a huge part of the business. So yeah, who man. does that for you? <laughs> like you sold the idea. Uh, but then you don't have anybody there to deliver on it. And and I, I have an analogy. One of my analogies is I talk about a circus, right? It's a great yeah. analogy for me. I say, think of a circus that the, pen, the, the tent circus that came to town. So when the tent surface, uh, tent came to town with the circus, you had somebody that went to the town because the town people did not know anything about the circus because it's on the edge of town. So somebody had to go to town, convince the townspeople that you needed to come to see this amazing event. You see all these amazing people. That person is we say someone who's like a rain maker pitching the yeah, idea right. to the town. Well, you get to the circus and then what happens if there's nobody there to make sure that the things that the, the acts come out the right time or the right people are doing the acts or the person who has the popcorn takes the tickets. Where's your conductor or we say ringleader that knows how to put all the people in place at, at the right place at the right time to do the things appropriately. Well, great. You have a ringleader. You had somebody promote it, but guess what? Are things, are things happening on time as they should? So we, we, we have three shows we have to do a day. Is, are these shows happening on time? Because if they aren't, the first show is bleeding into the second show, into the third show. So you have, to have an expert that keeps things in order, but the expert's thinking about the, that process. You know, the, the, the conductor's thinking about the people that are doing the things you're doing. The Rainmaker's thinking about how do we convince people? Because all three of those have to be spoken of and looked at in a very specific way. And what we're finding, of course, and this is just so sophomore to say to a group of these coaches, but blind spots are by definition 
you can't see them. Mm-hmm. It's it's in this team building piece. They uh, it's just so powerful because by definition, they don't see the gaps unless mm-hmm. somebody can come in and help them with, you know, a science and objectivity, a third, a third party isk. Um, I'm seeing an awful lot of that. So doing and being, are they the same or no, different? They're totally different. So I, I say it this way. I, I said, you know, we've always been told as kids, you can be anything. And I and I, I tell people, yes, you can be anything you want. Doesn't mean that you can do it as well as others can do it, right? Mm-hmm. I can be an accountant. I can be a basketball player. It doesn't mean I'm going to go down there and play for the Thunder. I can get a basketball. I can practice all day long, you know, twelve hours a day, seven days a week. I can be a basketball player. It doesn't mean I'm going to be a good one. I can study accounting. I can study medicine. Doesn't mean I'm going to be a doctor. Doesn't mean I'm going to be, I can study business. Doesn't mean I'm going to be a CEO or a business founder because there are things beyond just reading and studying that have to come into play. Doesn't mean that I will be bad at it or horrible. There is a level at which I will attain in, in the process. So when we, when I talk to people about, you know, their, we say now coming back to the talent, mm-hmm. well, is my talent, say, someone who just started? Maybe I'm like a, you know, like a, a, a pickup guy. Just I play street ball, you know, I play on the corner. Or maybe I'm good enough to make college or high school or, you know, even the pros, right? We think about business people in the same aspect. So if you think nice. about business people that way, <laughs> who are the professionals that we all look at? Well, we think about the, the Chicago Bulls on ESPN, right? We look at Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen as, as that's the elite of the elite of basketball players. Well, I'm, I look, I have a, that poster on my wall, right? Well, if we think about business people, do I have an Elon Musk quasi poster on the wall? You know, a Sam Walton, a Bill Gates poster of the wall of an entrepreneur. Well, that's mm-hmm. who we look at. Well, they have certain abilities and talents that got them to that level. Just because I say I am doesn't mean I am. Now, I may be good enough. To, I may be someone who can run my own business as a solopreneur. Am I good enough mm-hmm. to be someone who can manage 10, 20, 30 employees? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Or maybe I'm someone who can run 100, 200, 300, 500, 1,000 people company. Yep. But if we, if, if we look at the talent that we have and the team talent, the team talent is a definite measurement on a window to see how, how we can accomplish all those things. And talent development is a real thing. Everyone's kids right now goes to some sort of talent development right? Everyone goes to, they have a batting coach, a running coach, a throwing oh coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's in sports right now promise you has i remember just going to the, like we played all day saturday sunday and that was it now i see everybody they, they have shooting drills dribble drills running drills like it's a, amazing and it's just to take their talent from here to there it doesn't mean that they're going to be professionals necessarily it just means we took the talent they had and improved it beyond where they were intentionally or going to naturally end up being because we focused on what they do have and made that the best that it could be but not everybody's going to be the elite by doing it. And we all play the ball where it lies. That's it. So that's that's my analogy. And you know, on a good day, about half land, I'm not sure (laughs) what today is. It's still early, but um, so interesting. And I don't know if you're collecting questions, Jim, or I don't want to. uh, Yeah, no, I am. Can I, I, can I, can I throw, can I throw a few in? Uh, yeah. related to what he's doing. So Jeff, um, someone had asked earlier around the CIR. And before we do that, Todd, can you explain what that is just really quick? So 
maybe new folks know what we're talking about with the CIR report? Sure. Um, it's called the Coach's Insight Report. It's uh, an intensity report. Christy Trout runs uh, a really efficient program. Uh, there are protocols around how to order them, et cetera. But we basically went into the database and provided uh, only BP trained coaches have access to it. It's a scored intensity report by cumulative. So we add it all up and then we benchmark against general population and the highest entrepreneurs in the database. And then by all 10 demands of, of building, what we'll call the, the talents of building. And then uh, just recently, well, maybe a year ago now, we brought in the scoring algorithm for the actual roles. So, and, and as Jeff mentioned, and you've all heard me say before, we all have a little of the conductor expert rainmaker, but knowing the intensity and how we benchmark against the database, not one time in the report do we say, you know, good, bad, yay, nay. I've seen cumulative reports of 12 and I've seen them at 98. Um, so there's a real spectrum, but, but that's the CIR. Okay. So Jeff, are you using CIR and then, uh, top five versus all 34 on the Clifton strength side? How are you using this? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't dive into the CIR all the time. Um, just for the fact that it, it, it does give me a, a deeper dive into their talent, but the initial conversation doesn't necessarily require that. I, I would use that in a, in a longer coaching uh, aspect with them, uh, but I can, I can get a lot of things I need, pretty much everything I need just from the report and their Clifton strengths. So the Clifton strengths I look at, I look at their top 10 to 15 strengths. Yeah. And I look at their bottom five. Um, now what I do have the ability, to, what we do have the ability to see is, is if someone's top four talents and, and the builder profile, our direct relationship to their top 10 strengths and how they execute this one. So I just say these 10 are inside of this one talent and mm. inside of the first four. Okay. Again, where I talked about what kind of picture are you? So if we say the role first tells me how you approach business, the 10 talents were interchangeable. So we may share two or three talents, but our role is the deciding factor that differentiates us from each other. So we may share knowledge, but a knowledge from a conductor is a knowledge of people. A yeah. knowledge for an expert can be about processes, but they're both knowledge driven. And knowledge is not about knowing, it's about knowing the thing that you're important that is important to you and to do with the business. So if you are thinking about people, you're knowledgeable about the people in the business as a conductor, and you are always thinking about people in the business. Um, if you're somebody who's knowledgeable as an expert, you're knowledgeable about processes and always wanted to know more about processes and how to make them better or look at different processes to make yeah. those processes Competition, different. product, service, very different type of knowledge. Yeah, very different. Well, uh, this, and, oh, keep sorry. going. No, keep going, Todd. No, I'm just going to say, and I, I like how you're hammering business because this is a business vocational science. Mm -hmm. So people said, well, I've got learner. That's, that's a different gig than knowledge about marketplace, customer, competition, you know, uh, industry trend, et cetera. They're just, they're different. Totally. Totally. They're, different. they're built differently. Um, and, and so, yeah, someone once said if they're all correlative, you wouldn't need to assessments. So yeah. And, and it's, and it, and that's, that's the thing that you start seeing is um, someone with knowledge uh, can use learner 
they say they use learner. They may new, use relator. They may use input. Input. Mm -hmm. They may use uh, uh, woo, because what they're doing is they're they're filling their knowledge with the with the strengths that they have. So they may be the go-to person, or they may be the person who goes to get the knowledge. Yeah, right. They don't necessarily have to retain it into internally or have it on their desktop, on their lap, on their computer. It's just that they are somebody that is always thinking about knowledge. Like, and when you talk to them about it, and we have those conversations, and when I say that to them just, and uh -huh, describe it, it, it is, it, they're like, oh my God, you're so right. I am always thinking that. It's always on my mind. Yeah. I've never stopped. You're right. You don't stop. Yeah. Don't ever stop. But guess what? That thing at the bottom, like maybe relationship, yeah. you don't think about business relationships. You may have a woo that thinks that has a Rolodex of a thousand names, but who are the five important people you need to do business with today? Um, if you don't have the relationship intuitiveness to think about who the five are, you're calling a thousand people, which mm -hmm. is killing time and money. Yeah, right. I love Jeff, it. Um, yeah. Craig asks a good question. He says, what experiences have you had using BP10 with nonprofits and government agencies? Do they get hung up on the profit questions as it relates to other type of roles? And and I, I always like to say nonprofits are actually in, they do have to make some profits in there. Show me a broke do-gooder and I'll <laughs> broke do-gooder. Come but, on. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, your experience in that area in nonprofits and, and government? Yeah, so I haven't worked for any nonprofits and government directly, but the conversations I've had with them both is the fact that they are they are they need to be thinking of themselves as businesses you know the, the title of nonprofit and government it's, a, it's the tax relationship with the irs but sustainability start talking about right. sustainability vitality mm -hmm. financial integrity and it all goes away it doesn't matter what form you used during tax time, right? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt this resume. No, no, no. You Todd, I'm sure Todd has had lots of conversations with, with government officials around this and, and has probably had a lot of pushback. So he knows probably way more than I do about that from the government side. We I think be our previous titling was maybe business orientation or business acumen. And we were dancing around the fact that it was profit and financial vitality. Mm. But that's too long a word. <laughs> so profit was shorter and easier to spell. Yeah. So we don't, you know, we don't um, ever want to get slowed down on the conversation over the label. Mm -hmm. you know, I was around for Jim. You were around for some of this. You know, we we changed labels and titles on Clifton Strengths for I don't know five seven years, just refining them and mm -hmm. trying to get them as close as you can. But uh, it's a great question, Greg, and it's good to see you. Take care of those dogs of yours. <laughs> One of the we, you know, on the on the on the Clifton Strengths side, we interviewed Compassion International, which is a big, gigantic nonprofit, right? Helps helps some poor children all around the world. And the word they use was sustainability. Like uh, instead of profit, they use sustainability. In other words, they have to continue. And of course, the, the, the more they can fundraise, the more children they can help. And that's their profit model, right? That's yeah. how that yeah. That's kind of how that piece works. Jeff, did you finish your thought? Uh, Todd jumped in on you. Yes. Any, any other? <laughs> I got kind of excited. <laughs> well, I'll tell you about, so profitability, the way, the way we, I've always described profitability, profitability, people have, have the definition, they think money all the time. But profitability, we describe it this way, profitability is about time is money, money is time. But that's not about dollars and cents all the time. It's about measuring things to their best outcome. Okay. So from a nonprofit's point of view or a governmental point of view, who's on your team thinking about 
profitability because profitability is actually the lowest of the 10 talents in people. It's not, it doesn't show up at the highest when you look at the CIR, it's not the highest of them all, it's actually the lowest of the 10, but it's something that you have to be aware of to think, okay, how are we gonna be most efficient with what we're doing? And that's where profitability comes in. It's, it's, it's an efficiency side of business because, and, and nonprofits because there's such a giving to nonprofit, it, 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 you have to have somebody in there thinking about, about not just the giving, which you're right, it's about sustainability, but it's the, sustainability, the sustainability comes from raising money. Well, who's helping us be a, a fundraiser? Okay, who's our rainmaker that gets out there and you know has, now I'm gonna dive into the, the talents, who's our person that has selling and is a rainmaker that knows how to talk the vision of our organization and get people on board, right? It, and, and that's where you start seeing the natural occurrence of talent, okay? Someone who has the ability to be naturally good at selling, not selling it to get over on people, not the, you know, selling it ice to Eskimos, but somebody who knows how to convince people to say, hey, this is a worthwhile, worthwhile cause, I need to give to that. And a matter of fact, I wanna give substan substantially enough that they're gonna be around for a while. Well, who's that person? Do we, have we identified who it is or have we given it to someone who has just been here the longest, who's been an you know, exceptional employee. We've used the measurement forever in business as hard work determination, who's, who's burned the midnight oil has been the one that we you know, promote to the next level. Well, this helps us move past just longevity and, and, and who's been here the longest to say, wait a minute, who has the most talent? Because if that were the case, the starter on every basketball team would be the guy who's been on the team for 12 years. Yeah, right. I mean, that's who would be your starter. It's not the brand new rookie. Rookies would yeah. never start for a basketball team. Got, I'm not going to, this is a BP 10 call, but I'm going to touch on this management thing. I mean, we've, we've, we've tenure based our managers. So the longest, the longer you've been there, the more people you get to manage. What a dumpster fire <laughs> that was. I mean, sorry, it's my new favorite term, but um, just, longevity doesn't give you the talent for any given role right and we really got we i'm saying we as a world economy got that one wrong and hopefully some people have tracked on our on our manager training uh pretty That's timely think everything you've said <laughs> think think how important the rebuilding of a nonprofit or a small business is going to be as we're as we're hitting and every community is going to be different but we're all kind of talking about coming out and reopening. God, these conversations are going to be important. Uh, Jeff, good question here. Um, uh, says, what's been your experience using BP10 as a discovery device for business owners who have been established for some time, maybe businesses who are not newly already established thoughts? And I, I kind of want to throw uh, another caveat. Of what about businesses coming out of this this time? They've been established, but their world has been rocked. And yeah. now they have an opportunity to think differently. Can you talk a little bit about that? Just those scenarios? Yeah. So for established businesses, the conversation is, is actually exactly the same. I mean, we actually approach this from the, from the aspect of how do we help current businesses go from where they are to where they want to be? Okay. Because we recognize early on that there are more businesses like in the United States that are small to medium that needs need to be fortified. If you can take a, a business that's a 10 persons to 100 or 100 to 200 employees, you've dramatically changed the environment. Um, I, 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 I use another analogy, it's like, it's like a pond, right? You can't keep uh, looking for big whales 
out in the business environment. And because all we do is cities and communities, we're cannibalizing one city's whale for our whale and we're bringing them here. But what we never haven't done is we haven't looked at the, if we call it bait fish, the small fish in the pond and say, let's make the little fish get a little bit bigger. And then the next fish get a little bit bigger, which makes everybody uh, feed off of each other. So when we talk about established businesses, uh, how we've approached that is showing them again, start, start with the basic, who's your board of advisors and who's your board of directors, family owned businesses. They need lots of help because they're, <laughs> they're passing on, they're passing on the business to the next generation. And it is just, it, it you look at the numbers, it's 80 over 80% failure rate. Why? Because you, you, you've given the, the, the mantle to son or daughter who may or may not have the same abilities as mom and dad who started the company. And, yeah. and I coach with those to say, guess what? You had an ability that maybe your kids haven't had. It's no different than, than uh, great athletes. Yes, there are some athletes, children that go on to be great athletes, but guess what? Not all great athletes have great athlete children. They, they yeah. can't fill the role that you had. You had an ability that just was different than your kids. Your life experience was different. What, how you were raised was different. Your drive was different. Well, we've got to identify the talent. And what has always been missing in business is this right here. People who had an intuition, a natural ability to identify talent, they just have an eye for it. Hmm. Well, for business and, and athletics, we have it because we can see it on the field. Like we can see if you can run a catch or, or throw. We yep. can see it all day long. What we can't see in business, we can't see if you can build a business, uh, make sales, hire people and, and make it happen. And just like if you if you were just to see um, a team hold up the, the, the Super Bowl trophy at the end of the year and you never saw a game happen, that's all you'd ever know is they, they have a trophy in their hand. Well, they were the best. How do you know that? Well, just like when you see a company, you never saw them play. We never see the guys ever practice. We just see them on the field. So we never see how many hours of, of diligent practicing that they put in to hone their craft. Well, at least we saw the Sunday when they played the football game, but we never saw anything in business like that. We never see you at the board meeting have conversations. We never see you studying things. But what do you study as a great CEO? I mean, and your ability to read uh, traffic patterns by just standing on a street corner to identify this is a good corner hmm. is an instinct that I may not have. I may need data analytics to even get close to what you just did staying on street corner for five minutes. And you just had a, what I would say the gut feeling is mm. your natural talent, your talent, 10 talents that show up the top ones that are like that you just live on is that gut instinct. Because when you talk to somebody who has it every time you'll just say, you just had a feeling, didn't you? And they go, I did. You can't explain it. Can you, you just knew that that was the right person to hire. And you just don't know why, or you had the right idea to say at that moment in time to convince that person they needed to buy from you, didn't you? I mm -hmm. did. They can't describe it to you. Neither, neither can a great athlete. A great athlete can't tell you how he made the spin move and, and, and did a layup and, and dribble between his legs. He just did it. Now he's practiced, but he mm -hmm. did it in a game. How did he do it? You can't replicate it because you may mm -hmm. not have that ability necessarily sometimes. Love it. You see why I was excited about this one, <laughs> Collison? Yeah, well, for sure. Jeff, have you have you used uh, BP10 in any selection uh, or or choosing people to do certain roles in organizations? That's a great yes. question. I've never asked that. Uh, <laughs> yes. So uh, had a conversation um, with a client, and so he he told us uh, after our conversation, and he was somebody who had a very good eye for talent, and he I mean he he bragged about. It. I mean he would tell you I I helped put people in, in positions that they didn't think they were good at, and thanked him 
a year, two years later said, oh my God, like I was dreading this, it, but it turns out this was the best move ever for my life. Thank you so much. We're mm -hmm. talking to him about a certain employee and we say, guess what? Why is he doing that instead of this? You need to move him over here. And after that conversation, he said, you know what? You just saved me about a quarter million dollars <laughs> in this conversation because I knew I had him. I just didn't know where to put him to make it work. And I, and he was been struggling with it. And we said, yeah, his talent is this, this, and this. You need to have him doing that for you. Mm. And he said, oh my God, I, I never, I mean, I thought about it, but you know, it was that hesitation, yeah. right? He was like, well, and you've, you've heard, when you make a bad hire, you know, within 30 days and it takes you a year and a half to get it fixed. That's what the data <laughs> says. So having, having some scientific help sure speeds that up. And we, and we've had the conversation about people like, had a conversation, you know, with someone that said, Hey, you, you're, you're a great, you're great at training people, but you're not good. at you're, you're, you're not your best use of your talent isn't hiring because, yeah. and, and what happened is, is we, then we describe back to them how they use their strengths to be triggered to come up with originally said about the questions you ask and the, and how you answer them. They flip their trigger to say, Oh my God, this is, the, I need to hire you. Well, you've, I said, we, you've hired about three or four people, right? And they haven't worked out for that position, right? <laughs> and he said, for you. <laughs> how did you know that? It's like, yeah, yeah. Because you need, you're someone who, who takes somebody after they're brought into the company. They get trained up and learn a little bit. Now you're, you're a 2.0 person. You're not a 1.0 person. Hmm. But if you do hire, we're going to help you to help you figure out what your triggers are for when you're in the hiring process, how to help you be better at it, which we did. And he's hired somebody and we went back to him. I've, I've seen him within the last year. I said, hey, how's that hire gone? He's oh, man, it's been fantastic. He took hmm. what we said to him, put it in place, recognized it. I, I trusted that. And now, now that the person he's hired worked out tremendously, again, has helped their company because he's hired people. And we knew who the person that needed to do the hiring at the same time because that intuition, you could see it on paper through the, through the assessment of the BP-10 and strengths together because we knew how that person was approaching how they were seeing people. Because when people have a, an eye for talent, they just have it. But then when you can tell them how they do it, that's, that's, that's another thing. Like, like, that's I, the magic. That's the <clears throat> magic. Because if I can tell you you're a pitcher, but then I tell you you throw a wicked curveball and I've never seen you throw it, like they, they go. Yeah. How do, <laughs> how do they do that? How do they know that? That it's guy like, read my emails. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and but that immediately lends credibility from a coaching point of view. Yeah. Now, because they're looking at you to help them immediately. Well, from a coaching point of view, from coaches, you're going to probably have to coach someone probably two, three, six months before somebody really tells you the down and dirty of their company. Yeah. Well, guess what? I walk in day one with this. <laughs> we're we're making changes next week. <laughs> and but you're thinking about it and this is the other thing is once you tell people this they start looking for it they start seeing and hearing those talents that didn't come to them intuitively because you inevitably have somebody in a boardroom or in a meeting and somebody says hey did you know that there's another star there's another coffee shop over down the street and we're a coffee shop and and i've just paid attention to that and did you know that they're offering a, a frupa latte whatever because i don't drink coffee but and then like and they're describing it to you like, hey, be quiet. That's okay. We're the best in town and we're going to kill the market. And I, and I tell them this. I said, well, guess what? Um, that's exactly what happened to Blockbuster because they didn't have somebody in their business disrupting them and who was actually paying attention to the market through their knowledge 
and assessing the risk of transitioning from our old model to our new model. Those are things in established businesses that who's paying attention to that for you? It doesn't mean that they're there every day, seven days a week, eight hours a day, but someone has to be saying, hey, pay attention. This is happening. I get your nose to the grindstone, but did you know that that's happening? Because you pay attention to these things extremely well, no doubt. But this back door is wide open and that's going to crush wow. your business. Wow. So the blockbuster, I had some of Fermi sales, but <clears throat> that was a Wayne Huizinga deal. But remember, and he did waste management first. So he systematized picking up trash. Yeah. Then he did the movie thing until, and he got rid of it <laughs> before mm -hmm. Netflix and everybody wiped them out. Then they tried to turn it into a candy shop, remember? So you go in there and all there was was candy. Yeah. That, whoever yeah. I did, that was a terrible. He went on, did automation. Pretty good conductor. Yeah. Pretty good and and could see things. I like the risk one because they can see things that others can't see. Yeah. I, I just they, try to I'm talking too much. What what other questions you have for this genius over here, Jim? Um I mean, look, I actually had run out. I was hoping you'd keep going, Todd. <laughs> okay. Uh, at this we'll throw, I'll throw a couple in there. Yeah. I'm so, going to put in a plug for next week. Or are we doing these monthly now? I think uh, every month. Yep. So whoever asked about selection, Erica Wassinger is a really mm. strong practitioner of the CIRs and runs an accelerator and uses this extensively in the selection and team building of uh, startups. So she'll, she'll go super deep on the the selection piece of the science uh in the next show um, um jeff let me ask you this question yeah. so as we as we lean into this and i'm calling it recovery period that we're going to go through for the next couple of years what how will you be different or what do you think you'll do different or how, will your own coaching be disrupted in some way because the situation's different just talk a little bit about looking ahead for yourself well yeah so so for me uh Coaching from, from this time forward is is going to be around how do we build the, the appropriate teams, um, even for myself, you know, and that was the thing when we got started here, um, uh, me, uh, Amy, Patty, like we all three went through the BP10 training. We all three went through it um, and, and it just helped us come back and realize we are no different. Every solopreneur needs to have a conversation with somebody who can help them build their board of advisors. I have to have my board of advisors. Every business person does. And you have to lean on those people to help fill in those gaps. So for me, it's imperative that I even go deeper into, into solidifying my board of advisors. But for me, what I'm looking to do is I want to uh, talk more to businesses about implementing how to take their strengths assessment. Because there's so many companies that are using strengths right now, which is fantastic. They need to continue to do it. They need to, you know, double down on using with the, with the, uh, understanding the employees because every level of the company needs to understand it. But the management definitely needs to understand who their people are in the company. BP 10, I, I've said this about companies. I, I, I help, I want to help companies, you know, go come in, help them identify who's in your company that you can now groom to be your next superstars. You know, I think uh, Jim has said, you know, in his story about the BP 10, you know, like letting, letting someone who founded a major company, that, that helped to found Twitter, I believe it was, like left Nebraska. Like if you mm -hmm. can find that person, but inside your company, like talent always leaves your company. But if you knew like Bob the stalker, that stocked the shelves, could have been a magnificent person in your company. What's, I know the guy that's gonna, what the Cheetos guy that, that made hot Cheetos, yeah. now the CEO. Like imagine if he had left, he stayed, 
but there are a million people. Yeah, like him. Yeah. yeah, they got lucky that he stayed. Guess what he normally does? He normally mm. goes and finds founds another chip company that crushes them. That's usually what happens. But if yeah, you had identified that person, put them inside your company, and now you build your teams that build your products, your next level, like your, your R&D should be based upon a builder team, not just a bunch of guys that have a lot of smart ideas because smart ideas don't actually turn out to be the next great thing all the time. But that, that strategic, talented team that you put together and, and cultivate and put together that because there are lots of companies that have had great ideas pitched to the CEO terribly, like you may see it some pitch weekends, terrible pitch ideas, but are like the next great, like they're Google, you know, they're Twitter, yeah. they're Amazon. Like they just had horrible pictures. This talent coaching is going to be like fertilizer on the scorched economic <laughs> earth. And that's a little breathless. And you all know I lead with positivity, but we're going to really have to rebuild some small businesses. Yeah, I've studied some economies around the world that they, they tried to only have big businesses and they didn't work. And it's not who we are in our, everybody that's lives in a community knows the ones I'm talking about. We got to lean in on them. I would strongly encourage coaches to watch some of this stimulus money and, and see where it's going and how you can lean in on it because there is increased energy around let's build the, 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 let's build these companies based on the very best of, of what we know and survival. And, and, you know, we don't have to do it happenstance as it kind of happened thus far. Right. So I'm again, a lot of coaches around the world, not just the U S are, are leaning in on some, you know, uh, stimulus programming and it's exciting. They're, they're winning. Um, so we'll focus on a few of those in future shows. Todd, I'm, so afraid, I'm afraid of the internet at the moment. Speaking of technologies that uh, since this uh, situation happened, like the ability to live stream has been overrun, right? And there's been questions on the people using Zoom and go to meeting and or we're, we're using StreamYard to get this done. Let's not fade it anymore. Any final questions from you uh, to Jeff? And then uh, let's thank Jeff and wrap this. Yeah. <laughs> You're a great friend. Your again, nobility around sharing your expertise is class. Uh, shout out to Amy and Patty. Uh, I got a note from her yesterday. I hadn't heard from her in a while. That was awesome. And uh, <clears throat> again, just the, the thanks for what you do and who you are and how you do it. Uh, your nobility is is strong. Uh, thanks. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's it's. This is a this is a, a, a phenomenal tool. Uh, that Gallup has made, um, it is it's a tool that's that can literally change business. I think Jim Jim went in with this and wanted something that could change business yeah. uh, in a, in a way that had never been done. And honestly, I mean, you guys you knocked it out of the park. I mean, this well, is I, this it's is going to be more important than ever. Yeah. And when he when he says Jim, I think he means Clifton, not Colliston. No, he I'm does knock on you there. Hey, hey, let's let's be clear. I'm, I'm the real JC. Let's just be I clear. I'm the J team. Jim, Jane, John, Joe. <laughs> um, for those that yeah, I've been reaching out uh, again, a Zoom call tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. And uh, give my warmest regards to you and yours and everybody on the call. Stay safe and stay smart. We'll get through this and be so much better on the other side of the curve.
Uh, Todd, on the way out, there had been a question earlier about uh, us cutting to the virtual training for BP10. We've done that for the ASC. We've done that for a few other courses. Any time frame or do you have anything to update as far it's, as? It's happening. We've had to go real fast. We had thousands of people signed up for, you know, Clifton Strengths courses and iterations. So it's in the future. I don't have any dates. Um, stay tuned. And um, Jeff Donna had asked this question, and I think it's on the way out. It's a good one for you. If I'm just a Clifton Strengths coach and I haven't done anything with BP10, certainly if you wanted to get into this space, training is the best way to get introduced into that. But mm -hmm. as of right now, what kind of recommendation would you give until they can get in some training? How could they get or how would you recommend they get uh, kind of familiar with, take a look at, get, get uh, yeah, how would they do that? Well, I would, I would, of course, first take it, take the assessment, um, and then, you know, jump in the community. Um, we've got a good community, I think, on Facebook, and uh, there's some great videos. You guys have made some great videos on Facebook. A lot of videos on this channel. <laughs> yeah, you've got a ton of it. Yeah, you've got some great videos here, um, but but engage coaches. I mean, there's there's a lot of coaches around the world. What is it? What is what is it? Uh, like 400 now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we're getting up close to 400. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot of coaches, but but it, but engage any of us. Um, there are a lot of coaches that are using it. I mean, you guys are having a lot come on here. Um, I, I mean, this this one here for me is great, but then there's been other coaches, like they're using it all over the place. But if you're a coach, um, definitely take it. And then uh, you're no different than any other solopreneur, to be honest with you. You need a board of advisors. And I would tell people, read the book, build out your board of advisors, they, like follow the steps. And, yeah. and that's just important. Like that'll, that'll move someone's business. It'll, it'll, it'll lessen the frustration people have immediately, I believe, and help you like, like build your, build the coaching business, you know, and not be frustrated because of, again, the, the, the talents that aren't showing up for you as well, or for any coach are the ones that are getting in the way, to be honest. Those are the ones that, that, that slow us all down. It doesn't matter if you're a coach, plumber, you know, electrician, you know, <laughs> doctor, dentist, it's all the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Todd, would you add anything else to that? I, I'm not going to. It was okay. so well said that I'll screw it up. I'll only reiterate to uh, my thanks. And uh, I, again, hope everybody is safe and, and be smart as we do come out of this. Yeah. Uh, we're blessed because BP10 coaches are. <laughs> so I'm not, wor I'm not worried about them. But... Be safe out there. All right. I think with that, we'll remind everyone to take full advantages of all the resources we have, do have available. That site uh, where all the tools are listed and you can take the assessment, gallup.com slash builder. Pretty Boom. easy to remember. I'll say it again, gallup.com slash builder. I'll just do that for Mark so he makes sure he gets the link in the show notes for it um, as well. He likes it when I when I quote him out there. And uh, like I said, all those resources are available out there. One site to kind of go to to kind of keep up on everything and know what's going on. Uh, you mentioned we have restarted the Builder Talent Tuesday webcast. So that had just been sharing the um, each one of the talents. We're now bringing in interviews. So if you didn't Maybe you had subscribed to it and you're no longer, you want to resubscribe to it. So just go to any, uh, go to any podcast player and search Builder Talent Tuesday and uh, you will find that there and you can resubscribe to it. Make sure you're getting these on a monthly basis and this is where the best information is coming. Uh, Todd, you mentioned an upcoming episode next month. Sangeet is coming the week after that to talk uh, or the month after that to follow up on the research that we, got, that we did. So 
you might want to subscribe just so you never miss one of those. Don't miss that. Don't forget. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, don't don't forget if you have questions on anything, you can always send us an email, coaching at gallup.com. If you want to sign up for these live events, go to gallup.eventbrite.com. Follow us so you get notifications when we post something new. You might want to join us for the 2020 Gallup at Work Summit that's coming up, all virtual now. June 2nd is the day. A uh, very, very low price, and everybody can come now because it's 100% virtual. So go to gallupatwork.com again, June 2nd, and you have up until June 1st to register, but don't wait that long. Just get that locked in, and uh, we would love to see you at the summit coming up. And when I say see you, I mean virtually see you at the summit um, as well. 100% virtual. They are working on some really cool plans for that, and uh, we'd love you to participate. Don't forget, we do have a BP10 group, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash BP10. I try not to make that too difficult for you, and uh, we appreciate you coming out today to be a part of all the things that we do. Thanks for coming. Uh, if you're here uh, listening live, stay around for a little, a little bit of post-show. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody. <laughs>